In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles on Tojinet, Parrex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from wherever the heck she is, <laughs> the queen of East Bridgewater... Wrong way, Ann Kerrigan. Or is it well, Ann Wrong Way Kerrigan? Whatever. Either. Either. But I'm glad I'm a queen. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it all comes back to, like, you know, I've been getting these emails lately, and uh, people are missing Maureen, say, so, like, oh. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Yeah, they, they don't say, like me? No, they say you're too nice to me. I'm too nice. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have to know. work up. I'll, I'll start being witchy yeah. any minute. Any minute. <laughs> <laughs> Any minute now. Any minute now. But, you know, I, hey, it is what it is. I mean, she is doing what she has to do, and we are doing what we have to do. That's and all is well in the universe. And we still love Maury. Ah, sure. Why not? Oh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do. Well, I do. So yeah, that, that's a better way of putting it. Hey, <laughs> I was on uh, your Facebook page today. Yes, sir. Which it was a pretty good picture, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you had one of these stinking scared shirts on. <laughs> yes, I did. What the hell's going on with that? Where's the and Ghost Project shirt, huh? Oh, well, you haven't sent me one. What? Send? You need to send me one. Yeah, you're on the website. Send in your $19 and you'll get one. Oh, no problem oh, at all. Oh, well, you know, the guys at Scared are very nice and they sent me this beautiful, cozy, really cool sweatshirt. Yeah, they're just trying to... You know, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you painting any faces lately? Oh, all the time. Do you all really? I am slaving away every weekend. Yes, I am. Yeah, I think that busy. is perhaps the most evil thing other than clowns, evil, <laughs> evil professions. Oh, I, it's how I get back at parents. I, I cover the children's faces completely with black paint and red paint, and then they have to scrub it off later. My own little evil... Evil vendetta. That's a good idea. <laughs> so, anyways, it looks like uh, Satan is in Ohio this week. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I Satan? just happened to catch something on the uh, internet. Uh huh. And uh, the, 
statue of Jesus was struck by lightning and burnt oh. to the ground. Oh, my God. That's terrible. So, so what I do you shouldn't, think? I shouldn't laugh either, but, you know. Is, is there a message there or what? <laughs> Maybe uh, God just didn't like that particular rendition. I, I don't know. Mm. You think Satan's behind it? Really? No, no. You have a demon dog. <laughs> Actually, in, in England, they have these things called demon dogs. And, in fact, it, there's a couple chapters in my new book that comes out in September called Ghost Today, Shameless Plug mm-hmm. There. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. two churches on the same day were actually attacked by these demon dogs. And I believe two or three people were killed or injured, and the steeple was knocked down, and the mocks are still there today on the door of the church from the demon dog. Really? That's what I hear. Really? And I'm sticking to it. Wow. I don't think... Um, I so think you're going to be running out to get my book, I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I'm going to have to go out and read up all of, on it. <laughs> <laughs> Demon dog. Okay. Yep. yep. And yesterday I was on uh, Dr. Dave's radio show. Mm-hmm. And Maureen, really? and by the way, for those who miss Maureen, they can tune in to Darkness Dave tonight at uh, 11... Central Time, I think that's midnight Eastern Time, 5 o'clock in the morning, Greenwich Mean Time or whatever. But uh, she'll be on tonight, and so it'll be interesting. All right. So, anyways, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh. Do, I do have another thing. We, we got guests in the line, don't we, though? Yes, we do. All right. So <laughs> I'm I sure they're waiting you, patiently for us. Yeah, I suppose I should bring them on, huh? <laughs> I think so. All right, let's bring our guests on. So why don't you introduce them since they they already bribed you with a shirt? Oh, they bribed me. Uh, I would love to welcome this evening um, Brian Cano and Christian Cuso from the paranormal investigation team called Scared. Uh, Also, Urban Urban. (laughs) What? You're not scared? Well, you should be. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. they also do urban exploration of some really crazy places, uh, as well as the paranormal exploration. And they also have a show um, that they produce called Scared. Um, and we'd love to welcome them this evening. Are they here? Hello. Hey. Shameless pause there. <laughs> welcome on, boys. boys. Hey, Ron. Hey, uh, Ann Kerrigan. Chris Mancuso. How are you? All right, Ann Kerrigan, how are you? Hey, I'm lovely. <laughs> how are you guys doing so, tonight? So you guys actually have a group called Scared, right? Yes, and we're we're happy to report that it's not a, an anagram for anything. It's just the word scared. It's you know, we didn't try to awkwardly uh make the name fit. But it's just uh, it's just the one we picked. Wow, that's that's unusual nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is how I guess we picked it before the onset of the uh all the other groups. I guess we figured we didn't have to fit into the mold. <laughs> there you go. Why, there isn't mold? I don't know. I suppose there is a mold, but whatever. Uh, so, I mean, how did you guys, well, first of all, how did you come up with that name? <clears throat> Actually, um, in 2002, uh, we decided to do um, uh, a show and, um, you know, exploring and uh, investigating some of the local places. And at the time, it was on a, c- a cable access network. So we're like, all right, what is... 
you know, a good name that would really kind of grab people, grab people's attention and make them watch. So we came up, it was originally called Scared on Staten Island. And then uh, a couple of years later, we just shortened it to Scared when we started getting off Staten Island and doing investigations in, like, other states. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so you've been together since 2002? Yeah. Long time, eight years. Oh, my God, they say it like that. <laughs> oh, you're getting old now. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, I used to have had when we first started. Were they 18 now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about. About. Guys, okay, tell us, how did you how did you come up with the concept of scared? How did how did this begin? Um, well, I guess like Chris said, uh, we we started the show on Staten Island, and we, you know, being fans of uh, entertainment and TV ourselves, we figured, you know, well, what is the kind of show that we'd want to watch? And one of the shows that inspired us was MTV's Fear. Mm-hmm. Now that was a game show in which they took. Um, I guess high school and college kids, and they stuck them in a haunted location and had them do challenges. Except every, you know, a lot of the kids that they got for these shows were so cowardly. It's like, you know, you're sitting there in, in your living room watching this show, and you're like, oh, come on, what are you afraid of? Like, why are you afraid to go down that hallway? There's 50 MTV producers behind the camera. Like, you're in no danger. <laughs> you know, what is there to be scared about? Right. And we said, hey, you know, we could do this. Uh-huh. Um, we were too old to get on the show ourselves, so we figured, out, oh, let's start one ourselves. And actually go and start exploring some of the abandoned places on Staten Island and actually um, trying to find out where the rumors came from because on Staten Island there's plenty of places that have uh, you know, notorious rumors about ghosts or murders or things mm-hmm. that happen that cause the location to become pretty uh, you know, urban legend. Mm-hmm. So, actually, so, um, it's, it's funny, I want to throw this in because not a lot of people know this. Scared on Staten Island was originally... Uh, when we came up with the whole concept for it, it was originally intended to be six episodes. And the first five episodes were all real. I was going to real places and real exploration and real investigations. And the last episode, which was uh, scheduled to air in, like, October, was going to be like a Blair Witch, like, mockumentary type thing where we all wind up, you know, getting killed throughout the episode and then nobody sees us ever again. (laughs) But so many people actually liked what we were doing that we kept doing it. And oh, we actually didn't die, so that was a good thing. <laughs> that would have been an awesome show, though. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, it can be arranged, you know. It's not a problem. <laughs> it, it, it just, it would have been really funny, I, you know, I personally think. But, yeah, I mean, it's wonderful that people insisted you not be killed off, you know. Can we yeah, kill them off in our show? For, for those other shows out there that, that want to do that, you know, that's cool. Just to cite us on the credits, you know, have an episode <laughs> where they all get killed and then never come back to TV. <laughs> what, what has been, so you've explored many, 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 many places. What, which place sticks out most in your mind as being, um, you know, either on the paranormal side or, or the exploration side? What, what's the most exciting place? I think for us, I mean, because we're a paranormal investigation slash urban exploration crew, um, you know, we love looking into the paranormal. We love looking for ghosts and evidence of of life thereafter. But I think what really gets our blood pumping is the urban exploration side of it. And it's Mm -hmm. one of those things that's really lacking right now um, because it seems like the places that are suited for it are less and less as they're getting torn down. Mm. We went to a place called Danvers Mental, Mental Institution oh, up yeah. uh, in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And that place 
the look of it, the feel of it, the the way it's isolated. That was a pretty pretty big adventure for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I have to say uh, another place that I really enjoyed uh, exploring was uh, Byberry, Philadelphia State Hospital, mm-hmm. and um, that whole experience for us was really tense because um, midway through the investigation, it's like one o'clock in the morning, there was a fire in the place. These kids were lighting out fires, and it, one of them just got out of control. And, like, the hallway started filling up with smoke. And we actually had to cut our investigation short and kind of oh book God. out of there, you know, before we uh, started smoke inhalation. So oh. A lot of the dangers that go around with uh, urban exploration that we kind of really get into that. Right. So if you, beyond the kids setting fires, have you ever run into a situation, you know, like a real situation with, you know, people showing up unwanted while you're yeah. there? I mean, uh, urban exploration carries with it many dangers. Some of them are natural. Some of them are... Um, because of the, the decay of the location that we're in. Right. And some of them come from, you know, people themselves. Like we've gone into locations where you'll have, uh, you know, drug addicts or homeless, mm-hmm. and you don't know how they're going to react to your presence there. Like, I mean, you're there to do some exploring, in our case, film a documentary. But mm-hmm. to them, you know, you're in their house. And right. they're going to protect it as if we're intruders. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. So, um, Danvers, um, so was that, what side of the coin was that? Was that paranormal or, or exploration or both? No, that was actually, um, that instance Brian was just talking about was uh, urban exploration. Mm-hmm. And actually this happened um, at, it's called the Old Staten Island Hospital. Uh, it's right here actually on Staten Island. It's where I was born. Not that anybody cares, but uh, <laughs> we, did, <laughs> we did an investigation of this place. Um, and during one of the scouting missions, we went into one of the buildings, and there was a crackhead getting high in there. And, you know, mm-hmm. as it turned out, this guy was more afraid of us than we were of him. But, I mean, it could have easily been, you know, a half a dozen crackheads who, hey, that's a nice $5,000 camera. I can uh-huh. go sell it for a hit of crack, you know what I mean? Right. I think oh. uh, maybe, maybe to, to closer address the question, whenever we do urban exploration, there is the element of paranormal investigation as well. It's just paranormal investigation on the move. Whatever you can hand, you hold in your hand, carry in your backpack, it comes with you. It's got to be mobile. Like, there's no, we don't have the luxury of setting up a home base, setting up still cameras. It's pretty much me, backpack, the camera. Chris, a backpack, a camera. And whatever we find, we find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times where we kind of separate and we kind of each go off and do our own exploring and investigating which, uh, you know, really intensifies the fear factor for us anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, being on your own. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even sometimes it's just psychological. It's, you know, your mind can play tricks on you, especially when you're alone in this place, and anything can happen at any point in time. and You just never know what to expect. Right. So you recently have been working on a new project. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're always doing new episodes of Scared, always doing new investigations. We have a very, a very large backlog of episodes mm-hmm. that we have to put together. And you as an editor, and you know what I'm talking about. I sure do. <laughs> um, <laughs> we recently uh, got the really great opportunity to work with John Zaffis mm-hmm. and produce a documentary on the man himself. Awesome. And it's called John Zaffis. The World Within, and uh, for those interested, you can go to theworldwithin-movie.com and check that out, and it's pretty much about the guy, 
I mean, you've seen him on TV. He's popped up on, uh, you know, all the shows. And he's really a resource that everybody knows him. Everybody knows about him. But a lot of people really don't know those little inside details. And that's what this documentary is about. Well, how much did you really go into his life? I mean, did you go into the, tra- the drama as well? Or did you just uh, go on how people normally know him? Um, well, we pretty much, for the month of May, uh, set up camp in his house. And uh, when he wakes up and puts on his robe and gets his coffee in the morning, okay. there I so was So it's filming. more about John Zappas as he is now uh, rather than what he was. Um, yes and no. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> okay. it's one of those things that how does one put, summarize one's life into a documentary? I mean, this is going to be 60, 70 minutes long. We're going to get to as much as we can. Uh, we're going to talk about how we got started. We're going to talk about demonology. We're going to talk about, you know, lots of different things. We're going to talk about his Museum of the Paranormal. And uh, obviously the best way to get to know the man is to actually get to know him. But for those who don't have the access, uh, we think this could be the next best thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a great idea. But it, uh, So it, it's, as I mentioned, it's more about his life as he is now than in his past, how he got into it and some of the drama that happened early in his life. Um, he actually, he, he does talk about um, a lot of uh, experiences uh, that he's had over the years. Um, we, you know, we've spoken to his family and to other people who've worked with him. Uh, so we really try to, we try to cover it all. Um, but, I mean, the guy's been around in this field for like the last 36 years. Mm-hmm. So an hour, uh, honestly, we can do like a whole series just about this guy, you know, about the Zappas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or as I call him, the Ziggity. <laughs> All right, where does that come from? I, I keep hearing that. that That's just because uh, we're kind of ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that comes from us. So if you, if you hear it around, we start it. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, you know, Ann, Ann Kerrigan, you know me. I come up with nicknames for everybody. Yes, I know. And yeah. uh, he, mm-hmm. he, he just became the Ziggity, and then... I, that's how I refer to him all the time. And he doesn't mind, so as long as he's cool with it, I keep calling him the Ziggity. <laughs> one, one good thing about Johnny, he's very even-tempered. Yes. Which, is, which works in my favor most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely got, I'll tell you what, this guy has such a good sense of humor. He's, like, so down-to-earth. It's like, I, I can't believe it. You know, he's not like a stuffed shirt or anything like that. He's very cool and so easy to talk to. Now, you guys also did uh, an investigation up here at one of my favorite places, which is Portsmouth Lighthouse. Oh, the Portsmouth Lighthouse, yeah. We got to team up with uh, two local groups. Um, Granite State Paranormal. Granite State Paranormal. And, and the Paranormal Investigators in New England. Yes, two, two cool, cool local groups. And, uh, boy, man, it was cold that night. <laughs> <laughs> Very cold. It was, actually, we did it on two nights in November, uh, a year apart. Both nights were in, you know, in the depths of November with the wind howling and, and us standing outside just being cold. And a lot of people felt that the most haunted room was the one with the heat in it. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody wants to be that night. <laughs> oh, my God. Why would you go there in November? Um, the Portsmouth Lighthouse was cool. Uh, Jeremy Dontremont, who's... Uh, I don't Sorry, Jeremy, if I if I if I totally mangled the name of your organization, please, with the Friends of uh, Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse organization. Correct, right, yeah. right. Uh, he invited us down. And he said, "Hey, you know, you got to check it out. There's some uh, activity here." 
And um, damn, it was cool. It, it, you know, it's a place that I would love to get back to just to kind of follow up on our investigation. But then you know, we had some weird stuff happen, and Fort Constitution is right next to it, so there was a, a lot of space to explore. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, 90% of it was outside, and it was freezing, but you know what? When you're, when you're asked to do something like this, do an investigation, it, right. at least to us, it doesn't matter if it's freezing cold or mm-hmm. dead summer. We're going to go do what we got to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We actually, Jeremy was actually on our show uh, a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. A few weeks back, so we talked yeah. to him about. He's a good guy. He's a very, very hospitable guy, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the ghost hunters were there as well. It's, uh, it's a pretty uh, well-traveled place right now. Yeah, so it definitely gained a lot of notoriety. Uh, it was cool when, when the Ghost Hunters episode came out. We watched it to see if there was anything we missed. And it seems like there's, I mean, still plenty there to, to check out. So, Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's such a large area. It's, it's really uh, a great place to uh, investigate. And, and it is on an active Coast Guard base as well. So yeah. you've got that angle as well. There were certain, certain angles we weren't allowed to film. And they're like, okay, you can film anything. Just don't shoot the building. Don't shoot us. Don't oh. shoot in that direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can shoot anything. <laughs> anything you want but this. Right. And that. Oh. And this. And that. And that. And that. <laughs> um, you guys, I mean, you, you really, you travel pretty much anywhere. Um, anywhere we can afford to go anyway. How's that? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you've been, um, now one of your episodes that I've been recently enjoying is the Grand Midway. Oh, my God. And um, tell us about the Grand Midway. That was pretty interesting. The Grand Midway. Uh, The Grand Midway for us is uh, kind of a a triumph on many different levels. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of our most recent episodes. So as editors, we feel we did a great job on it. As paranormal investigators, we felt we showed up ready to play ball. We uh, came away with some, some some convincing things. And the way our show is, um, way our, rather, the group is modeled is that there are three pillars. There's the psychic, the skeptic, and the scientist. So on one end, we have the, the psychic who is, you know, totally believes in, it, in mostly everything. And on the other end, we have the skeptic. And somewhere in between, there's the scientist kind of to act as the pendulum to swing back and forth. And this time at the Grand Midway Hotel, something happened to us that had all three of us in wide-eyed agreement. Um, I, I don't know how much to say without giving, giving the, the gravitas of the, of the scene and the episode away, but <laughs> it really was one of those things that, you know, after it happened, we all ran outside. Uh, our psychic, Lisa Ann, got out her uh, Holy Mother pendant. Uh, she saved us all. Chris, who's the, the skeptic, and it's just, yeah, Chris. Uh, I was actually, <clears throat> honestly, I've been a skeptic for a, uh, Especially the last few years, when we first started doing the show, I was kind of the middleman. I'm saying, all right, anything's possible. The more investigations we would do, and like we wouldn't find any convincing evidence. So I'm like, yeah, there's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. So meanwhile, now flash forward seven years later, by the time we get to the Grand Midway, I'm total dead on skeptic. There's mm-hmm. there's nothing. This is all crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked away from that place kind of really, really shaking. It really kind of shook my foundations of, of things that I believed in or, let's say, did not believe in. Mm-hmm. And the, the cool thing about the place, it's got an interesting history. Um, it used to be called the Midway Hotel, and it was owned by the, 
by, uh, was it coal? The coal mining company. The yeah. coal mining company. The Berwyn. Town, the Berwyn company. And, you know, this is back in, in Pennsylvania in the day where, like, every other town was only in existence because of the coal mining industry. And what they would do, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> they would send representatives over to Europe to, to hire people. They would give them an advance. They're like, here's, here's some money. Come to the New World. Come to America. And we'll work for the, for the mining company. We'll set you up with a house. This will be your new start. This will be great. So, of course, you know, to, to poor immigrants in Europe, this sounded like a great deal. They came over. When they got there, the company said, oh, it's a small problem. The house we have set up for you isn't ready yet. But you know what? You can stay in the Midway Hotel for a discounted price. And, uh, yeah, when it's ready, we'll let you know. So enjoy. Enjoy the bar. We've got gambling over here. Uh, <laughs> those of you without families, you know, prostitutes in the other room, enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got all their money back wow. to the point where when the workers had no, you know, none of that advance left, no money, they now owed to the company. <laughs> Literally where the, the, the song came from, I owe my, my soul to the company store, and they did. Wow. Nice racket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. That is a racket. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of misery, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of corruption that went on in the hotel and you know, a lot of accidents with mine, typical things that you hear, like kind of overlapping with the story of the Molly Maguires. And, right. and, and of course, rumor has it that anybody who, you know, was kind of a rabble-rouser or started talking about Union, oh, they disappeared, you know. <laughs> Have to be seen again. Ah. Uh, now, it's interesting. Who does your research when you uh, go out on an uh, investigation? We do. We do. Um, and that's as far as so that myself and Chris and most of the team has a background of the hotel, uh, or rather the location, but we have to keep all such information completely separate from our psychic. Mm-hmm. We don't give her an ounce of information. We don't even tell our psychic where we're going until we actually get there. Mm-hmm. Let's keep them honest, because uh, I know I always had a problem with... Uh with psychics, because I never believed them. I think they're all, you know, I, I thought most of them were, they're all full of crap, you know. <laughs> so if they can show up at a place and, you know, give valid information that other people can kind of, you know, can validate or agree with, that's, that's something at least. Right. And I, I think that that is a great element. It's an added element to have in a show like that. Um, just to, I don't know, just to keep people on their toes. And, and I just like to hear, I like to see a psychic on a show. I think All right, Ian, you're going to have to hold that thought because we have to take a break right now. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles on Toji.net, and I guess Pararex is not running. And we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Toginet. Radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Para X family. Hey, 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 hey,
Cece the Huntress, and I'm going to be the guest speaker for New England Ghost Project with their events, Food and Spirits, held at the Wyndham Restaurant in Wyndham, New Hampshire, June 21st, 7 o'clock. You must purchase your ticket online at www.neghostproject.com. Hey, I'll see you there. Back, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles on Toji Nets, Pararex, Ghost Channel Beyond. I am Ron Kolick. Uh, with me, my very special co-host, Miss Ann Carrigan, and our great guest today are the boys from Scared. And it, there are two of them, right? There are two of us. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so, I'm just doing two different voices, but don't tell anybody. Well, <laughs> well, let me let me ask you guys this thing. You say you do uh, urban, uh, I forget what they call it, whatever, expediting or whatever it is. We, we call it urban exploration. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah, I actually know some other people that do that as well. So what's the difference between that and ghost hunting uh, um, you're investigating? I, th- I think to boil it down um, would be the element of danger. But I always considered urban exploration to be kind of the grandfather of paranormal investigation. Because, I mean, in the last four or five years, you know, we've seen uh, the, sub- the topic of the paranormal and life after death gain a lot of momentum because of shows on television. And even before we were doing a show, you know, we were kids once. We would go into abandoned places, as, you know, most kids do, most teenagers do. To do what? To explore, to, to, to check it out, to uh, challenge themselves, to get themselves scared, to, you know find out if the rumors that they've heard were true. And I think everyone can relate to this. Every paranormal investigator is fascinated by history or fascinated by uh, the urban legends that they hear. And uh, while the science is now being introduced to it, everyone's got EMF detectors and everyone's got you know, K2 meters. When you boil it down, you know, urban exploration is really paranormal investigation, but you're just using your five senses. Um, which is what most of the people did that got the paranormal investigators to come investigate the location to begin with. Because that's right. You know, they're just hanging around, going about their daily business, and, oh, what was that? I heard a noise. I saw, I saw something. And, you know, it's not like everyone's walking around with a, with a K2 meter, just going about making dinner, going, you know, watching CSI, going, oh, meter went off. <laughs> and, and another thing, at least as far as I, I'm concerned, and I think I can, I can speak for uh, the rest of the group with this, there is a certain kind of aesthetics, there's a certain kind of beauty and decay when you go to a lot of these, um, these old kind of abandoned, decrepit places. It's not always just so much about finding that paranormal activity. You know, we can appreciate um, the architecture and, and even the degradation of, of what these places have come to, and that's one of the things we always try to make prominent during an urban exploration episode is to show how it was and what it has become over the years. Right. Now, let me ask you this. When you, you do your urban exploration or whatever, exploring or whatever you call it, uh, are there times that you run into that paranormal activity as well? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's, even though we term it something different, it really does overlap. Um, while we're, we're doing the urban exploration, we're not totally shutting off our paranormal chops. Uh, it's just really paranormal investigation on the move in an, in an abandoned place. So like I said earlier, you know, we don't have the luxury of setting up a home base and setting up uh, 
night vision cameras, but we're still in there to find some kind of evidence or some find some kind of proof or at least at the very least maybe try to explain some of the rumors we hear about the place. So um, if something does present itself to us, paranormal nature, we're looking for it. And we, we, you know, we, we've actually caught some uh, EVPs from a few places. And the thing about like most of these places is um, they're without, they don't have power. They don't have electricity. So if you're walking around with an EMF detector and you're getting spikes, it's like, well, you know it's not coming from an outlet because these buildings don't have power in them. So you have to kind of look a little, a little deeper as to why you would get those kind of readings. Right. Right. Absolutely. So what uh, other... So you, you're, just, you're going with whatever you can put on your back, and, and you're not... Um, you're really not the typical, or I guess what's become the typical, you know, paranormal team. So you are relying more on your senses. You don't have a million different gadgets. We'll, 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 we'll bring whatever we can carry, but one of the things I always like to do, regardless of whether we're doing urban exploration or strictly paranormal investigating, you know, and, and a small, like, restaurant or something, is I like to take that time, you know, even if it's 20 minutes, and just sit in a room by myself with, with no gadgets, with no meters, with no lights on, and just kind of sense things and feel things, and, you know, because you're, you're, you're listening to... The, the atmosphere, and you'll be able to tell a little bit easier when something is out of the ordinary, you know. You can, uh, it's a lot easier for you to separate, you know, the sound of a car going by or people in another room. You, you become very attuned to, to your surroundings like that. Absolutely. I, I think that's really important, and a lot of people just don't practice that. Um, I know um, I'm with another group. Um, they say paranormal which you guys have worked with. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing we start with, is that we have quiet time. I think quiet time. You have quiet time. You, Sounds you like do. you're being punished. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> quiet time now. You go sit in the corner. <laughs> it's quiet time, boys and girls, but you and do. And here again, sit in the corner and think about what you've done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, you know that would never, ever work for me. You realize that, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do, Ron. <laughs> but I think you you do. You need to familiarize yourself with your surroundings because if you don't, you're going to be going, what's that? What's that? What's that? Ooh, what's that? You know? Yeah, yeah like, like, I, I, like, think about it too. Like, you know, 100, 200 years ago, there were always reports of paranormal activity. People didn't have EMS detectors then. They didn't have audio recorders then. What did they really, you know, they, they saw things, they heard things, they felt things. So well, they I, had their I, I compasses, keep... they had their pendulums, they had their dowsing rods. Yeah, they, they, had, they, had, they, they did have stuff like that. They had their Ouija they... board, they had their table tilting, they had their glass swirling. And they always had their five We have to go, so... there was always something there. <laughs> but but I, I think people do have to become uh, in tune with their, kind of, with their senses. It's just, it's, just, it's just helpful, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think... I think that unfortunately we have gone the other way 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 too much i think we're way trying to be way way too scientific i mean we're using a lot of instruments that that we know are not very accurate uh we're using them for uh none of them are are, are made for that purpose Uh, i totally agree some of them are nowadays and and even the science behind 
some of the science behind some of these instruments is really junk. Yeah, but that's the thing. What you just said, you're like, oh, some of it is designed for it. I, I have a hard time getting behind any of these gadgets because it's one of those things that's like we haven't proven that electromagnetic uh, energy equals ghosts. You know, while right. the theory is sound, you know, we know the temperature at which water book, you know, freezes. We know that the, the, the rate at which gravity acts upon a body falling, you know, due to gravity. We don't have any hard data on, on spirits, on the afterlife. And that's the thing that if you're going to build a gadget, it needs to be anchored in some kind of hard data. Right. So I guess, uh, you know, uh, we are our best instrument. Absolutely. For now, I guess. <laughs> but uh, <Sometimes> I, <laughs> right. I mean, as much as I, I, I question some of the, the gadgets that come out, you got to keep making them. We got to keep trying. We got to keep uh, pushing those boundaries because you know, we're not going to find any new information if we don't look. Yeah, I mean, right. we'll, we'll we'll try to use pretty much anything that comes out, and you know, we'll see and hope if, you know hope that it works. You know. Now, the the thing is, too. I mean. Unless you're really, really a serious researcher, you're also doing this for your own edification as well. Mm -hmm. And some of these devices, whether they're good or not, are fun to use. <laughs> so you take whatever evidence you get if you like using them, uh, and, you know, this is what you got from a, this K2 meter or whatever it is. So you have the source of it, and you have the results from it. But, I mean... I, I do it. I, I enjoy myself when I do it, and I, I think that you should as as well. Unless you're a, a, a really, really serious researcher, and to be honest with you, there aren't that many out there. There, are, you know, I mean, I know of a group in uh, the UK who spent like sixteen thousand hours in one place. I mean, there's a wow. serious researcher. That's that's good research. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, at, the same, at the same time, I, at least personally, yeah. um I would always be wary uh, and, and treat the fun factor with a lot of respect because, I mean, would, would, you, would you go out and have fun with radioactive isotopes? Well, you have no. to know what you're doing. But I mean, exactly. even, even a surgeon, surgeon who's cutting up somebody in an operating table will crack a joke now and then. Yes, <laughs> but that's humor. Exactly. But for things, like, for things like, all right, we're poking into something we don't understand and actually... Maybe to solidify in an example, um, let's, let's talk about like maybe the ghost box, the shack hack, whatever. Okay. Yep. A lot of times people use it and they figure it's just, you know, hey, turn it on, we're in the ghost world, we're going to talk, and hey, <laughs> do they know what they're doing? Do they know who they're communicating with? Do they know, you know, what doors they're opening that they may or may not be closing? You um, actually make a brilliant point because this, I do, you know, a lot of lectures and stuff, and... Uh, whenever you mention the Ouija board, everybody just goes totally mental on it. And, yeah. uh, you know, and that's all because of the, the Exorcist. Uh, yeah. That we really pushed it to think. But everything else we do, whether we're trying to capture an EVP or doing glass swirling or using a hack shack or a pendulum, it's all the same thing. We're yeah. attempting to make contact with the other side. We don't know who or what we're going to draw. It's the whole, the whole thing about people now. They, uh, uh, I know a lot of people, they go and they provoke spirits. It's like, you know what? If someone comes into my house and starts cursing at me and yelling at me, yeah, expect a punch in the mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, uh, 
you know, I would expect the same from a spirit, and I would treat a spirit with respect, too. Right. It's one of those things that's like, yeah, definitely, you, like I said before, you have to try new things. You have to push those boundaries. But I, I, I would just treat all of that with a healthy amount of respect um, and not even just, like, respect as if, you know, respecting you're talking to someone, but respect for the biggest forces that you have no idea that you're playing with. Or you, we, we might not even comprehend them at this present moment, but, you know, they're there. And we just kind of have to be careful. You know, we can have fun, but just take it carefully, I would, I would say. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, I, do, you know, do you believe, well, I, I just try to get this out. It's, it's how to say it, basically. And do you believe that, like, spirits, for instance, uh, vibrate at certain levels? That's probably a good way to start, I think. I guess as the, uh, as the scientist of the group, I would, uh, yes, I would agree with that, because energy is vibration, and, and I would be looking for that number, like I said before, like, you know, so that we could empirically define that which is out there anyway. Right, so your, your psychic is not here, or your medium isn't here. So she, she can't answer this, but I, I believe that she, if she believes in moving uh, spirits on, uh, they're moved into another level, and that's done by changing the vibration. Is I believe that's what a lo- most are psychics believe in our mediums. Um, that's a good question. I mean, she re- she really would be the person to ask, and she's actually going to be on a another radio show right after this one. So uh, <laughs> you can give a call to that one. And ask wow. Um, you give the plug. What, what show is it? Uh, she's going to be on Haunted Times Radio on uh, ASPRN.com. Cool. There you go. But, so, uh, um, yeah, yeah, because I, I noticed that in some some uh, investigations, if we have a, we're more jovial and everything, we actually can, seems like it changes the vibration and it changes almost the spirit level in a place at times as well. You know, I. I, I I could say it now because yep. uh, I would believe that. But if you asked me this a year ago, I'd be like, "Yeah, Ron, I'm sorry. I think you're full of crap." <laughs> but, but now, you know, I, I'm a lot more open to to, to anything. Uh, I think anything possible. Is this the skeptic or the scientist talking, though? Excuse me. Is this the skeptic or the scientist? This, talking? this is the skeptic talking. I, I'm the one saying, "Yeah, now I can believe anything." But a year ago, I would have said, "Yeah, Ron, sorry, dude." <laughs> <laughs> Is that because, so that is because of your experience at the Midway? Yeah, it absolutely is, 100%. Like, I, wear, I wear a cross around my neck now because I figure, all right, if you believe in one, you have to believe in the other. If you believe that there's demons or negative spirits, you have to believe in the positive. And it's like, I feel you kind of got to pick a side. So I, I picked my side and I want to protect myself because I have enough bad luck as it is. I don't need anything else bad happening to me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mention that because it seems that that afflicts uh, a lot of people who do paranormal investigation bad luck. Uh-huh. I know so many, so many groups and, and people associated with the paranormal uh, who seem to have uh, streaks of bad luck, bad luck in their lives. Because uh, people need to stop for the drama. That, <laughs> yeah, people need to stop for the drama, and they probably have a lot better time. <laughs> 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 but uh, I, th- I think you brought up a really great point about going in and being jovial. It's like walking into someone's house and after, you know, two people inside just had a fight, there's like a, a pall in the air and you're like, whoa. Exactly. You, you can feel that. Everyone, everyone here? Everyone all right? 
where you walk into a place and everyone's, you know, in a good mood. You, you feel it just upon walking in, and it's, that, that definitely... And it rubs off on you almost. Right. And it's... By it's, proxy, uh, so almost yeah. like a contact high. Right. Not that I would know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like attracts like, and I, I, I do believe that. You know, it's, it's your attitude. Yeah, positive attracts positive, and negative will attract negative. That I, I can totally buy that. Buy that. Right. The, the other thing too, I, I don't know if you guys have uh, experienced this at all, but if you do go into a place and, and you uh, do an investigation, especially if you have a medium with you, and and you make contact with a spirit or, or in one way or another, it could even be an IVPs or whatever, and you know that's that you, in the vacation. Then you, uh, in, in the investigation. Then you go back in another time. Uh, do you find that sometimes, because you visited the first time, the, the attitude of the spirit has changed the second time you, you go in? Um, I, I guess I could speak for Lisa Ann in this respect. Um, when she goes in, she kind of opens herself up to whatever's there. Uh, it's not always necessarily an intelligent individual spirit. Sometimes it could just be echoes of uh, things that were there before, residual hauntings. It could be impressions from items that are already there, uh, echoes of living people that have crossed, you know, been in the location. There's a lot left over that it's not always necessarily, quote-unquote, spirit in trouble that needs rescue, uh, which she doesn't do anyway. She always just makes contact to try to understand the story. Um mm-hmm. But as far as us affecting uh, energy that, that comes through, I imagine uh, if we were to take her to the same place multiple times, uh, our energies, yeah, probably would leave some kind of impression uh, in the location. She might pick up, pick up on that in some way, but I don't know if it's necessarily us affecting it, uh, given the short time we are in any location. Uh, you, know, uh, you know what's funny is Maureen, Maureen's, uh, she works with me, she's a trans medium, and she always tells me, and, and I kind of agree with her in a lot of that, that sometimes, uh, you know, you're feeling really crappy and really rotten and you, you're really ticked off. And then, you know, you tell your story to someone and, and you feel better. And we've actually run into that where a spirit is able to communicate and they next time they're around, it's not the same uh, spirit almost that they've changed uh, emotionally. Well, that's almost like if you if you put it into like living terms, like there's some people who need to go see a therapist right. to kind of talk out their problems, and that, you know maybe a medium is just kind of like a spirit therapist to it. You know, they they vent and they feel better. You know, <laughs> that's, that's possible. Yeah, that, that's a big thing, Maureen. She really believes in that uh, totally. And mm-hmm. uh, for instance. Uh, What's the Portsmouth Lighthouse? Uh, there was a um, soldier who died in the explosion there on July 4th. And she actually uh, channeled him, and he was, uh, uh, you know, kept saying, it wasn't my fault, it wasn't my fault. And there was a lot of, uh, in fact, she was crying and everything, the whole, the whole nine mm. yards. Well, we've been here so so many times that by the time, the last time we were in there, um, Maureen had went to Jeremy and and said that that he would be leaving once they were honored. And as it turned out, Jeremy was working with the state to get a plaque to honor those who had died in the uh, um, explosion. 
So oh, wow. by doing that, it actually changed the demeanor of the spirit that originally we had. That even makes like sense. A, uh, I don't even know how I said that. <laughs> almost like a release. Like they're like, okay, they right. get it. They know it wasn't my fault. They remember us. Ah, all right, I, I, I don't have to, to, to instill that story anymore because they know. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's a kind of similar thing almost happened uh, with us, but um, it's a place called the Garibaldi Mucci Museum right here on Staten Island where there was uh, an inventor named Antonio Mucci. He's actually the, uh, the kind of real inventor of the telephone. Kind of got robbed by uh, Alexander Graham Bell. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we took Lisa in there, and she said that she was talking to Antonio Mucci and he just wanted to be like, he wanted his story to be heard. He wanted to be recognized for, you know, for, for this, his part in this invention. And um, I believe it was in like 1996 or whatever, the government actually acknowledged him as the true creator of the telephone. So I, I think uh, that made him feel a little better too. So a lot of these spirits, I think, they just kind of want, they want their voices to be heard, you know? That was actually uh, House Resolution 269 that Chris is referring to. And, uh, oh, that's pretty cool. Since, since the time that <laughs> we went into the Garibaldi, uh, we haven't heard any reports of his personality coming through. Huh. So it's like, yeah, he kind of got out, he told his story, he knows now, I guess, that he got credit for what he felt he deserved, and maybe he moved on. Hmm. So let me ask you guys, have you ran into any uh, famous ghosts? Personally, no. Um, <laughs> and if they were... I- I was too oblivious to realize this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, like, like I've said personally, over the last, you know, eight years we've been doing this, I've had one experience that I can go, yeah, I believe, yeah, this is paranormal, this really happened. Anything else, I, I can't say, and I still approach every investigation with that kind of skeptical eye because I feel you have to, but uh, sure. I'm a lot more open to it. Right. And I think uh, we, we we roll in circles in life as we do in death. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm cool enough to hang out with the famous people now, so I don't know if they're going to look me up uh, when they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And uh, maybe they're just not hanging around, maybe because, you know. And they got better things to do. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're famous. Talking about the Garibaldi Museum, that's, that's another thing that, that kind of makes me think uh, of something that Lisa Ann told me. She's like, because I asked her, I said, hey, is... Is this where he stays? Is, you know, is this museum where he's uh, kind of tied to? Because you know he's had a lot of different homes. She's like, no, well, this is one of the one of the places he comes to and checks in on. He's like, just like in life, you go to work, you go home, you have places you go to. Um, sometimes a group could come in, not get any activity, and go, oh, this place isn't haunted. But guess what? And if I went to your house right now, you're not there. Does that mean you don't live there? Right. It's not. It's not there right now. So it's yep. almost like uh, groups shouldn't look to definitively say, yes, this place is haunted, or no, it's not, because just maybe at that time, the activity right. isn't as strong. Yeah. I actually agree 100% with you that I, I, I absolutely refuse to do that as far as declaring a place haunted or not haunted. I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, I don't think I'm certainly qualified to do that. I can show you what I found and let you make right. up your own mind, but. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there are too many people on the face of this earth that are qualified to do that, to be honest with you. I, I never will be. <laughs> no matter how long we do this, I'll never right. do that. And, I mean, you go into a place, and how much time are you going to spend there? I mean, if you're lucky, you can spend, you know, six or eight hours there as, mm-hmm. as a team. I mean, you know, the likelihood of you striking upon the things that, you know, whoever is telling you have been happening. Oh, this happens and that happens. 
well, am I going to see that in the next six or eight, six or eight hours? Maybe, but yeah. probably not. Probably not. Like, like um, Ron was saying about the, the, the U.K. group that spent 16,000 hours in a place. Like, right. honestly, yeah, that's the proper way to conduct a paranormal investigating, not just going there once or twice, which we're all guilty of doing, you know, right. but if you want to seriously investigate a place, you need to spend some quality time there, oh, not yeah. just, you know, a couple right. of nights and weekends. No, yeah. no black sweatshirts, no black uh, turtlenecks. They all wear bright yellow fluorescent uh, jackets. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> if, if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna do it, just run the other way. <laughs> Personally, we wear uh, we wear black BDUs, but you know if you're gonna go, if you're gonna take it on the other end, just run with it. I, I, you know, I wear, we wear dark uh, navy uh, polo shirts, so it's, it's the same thing. But uh, oh, speaking about clothes, have you guys noticed that infrared cameras can let you see through clothing? I've noticed that it, it, it even though we wear all black, I can mm-hmm. see the color disc discoloration on you know, the top and the bottom. I'm like, wow, I should probably wash that half of the uniform more than I do the other half. <laughs> there, there, there are a few, like, sweaters like, like, that I've seen like people wear that you can kind of see through them. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I would look. But... No, 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 oh, no. Yeah. I mean, just just I think, pure uh, scientific. This is something, you know, I, I, I thought I would, you know, <laughs> do my public service event here that if you do, are going on paranormal guests, investigating, especially young women, uh, yeah. be careful what you wear because, mm-hmm. seriously, infrared cameras can see through clothing at times, depending. Oh, yeah. You yeah, think you're safe paranormal. wearing black. <laughs> you are so not safe. I have noticed that in some of my videos. Yes. Really? Yeah. You in? Mm-hmm. I think our videos will sell a lot better if we start putting that footage in. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be definitely be uh, para-X, all right, yeah. Paranormal investigators gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just about run out of time, but I, I do have to tell you a funny story. We actually did a uh, a uh, conference out in North Adams at the Hooten Mansion called uh, Contact uh, about four or five years ago, and our photographer took you know we took a lot of pictures all over the thing. We got one woman. I mean, this is broad daylight, not infrared photography. You could actually see her printed uh, underwear. Through her clothing. <laughs> Yeehaw! Couldn't figure. No, it was not Yeehaw. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, there you go. So, anyways, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, Brian. So, guys, we we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You guys were really great. Oh, and, thanks uh, for having us. Meet you thank guys you for When you're around you the have, neighborhood, you have some uh, websites you'd like to to send out to us. Yeah, uh, to check out our episodes, which is uh, always free to watch, you can go to www.scaredon.com. There I go with the old show again. Scaredonline.com, where we have a store and we have our our cases posted. And also, uh, to remind everyone once again, the Zaffis documentary called The World Within. That's theworldwithin-movie.com. And, uh, yeah, go check them out. We have a profile on Facebook as well as all the uh, come-and-go paranormal that come Ooh. and go. And, and once again, thank you guys for, for, uh, for having us on the show. We appreciate it. No, thank you, and uh, oh, keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. Yep. Thank Bye you, now. guys. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you again. <laughs> She's going now. That's a, that's a little joke. I'm sure it is. Yeah, a little, a little inside joke. Right. <laughs> but anyways, they, they were pretty cool. I'm glad that you enjoyed them. 
I liked uh, some of the stuff they talked about. It was uh, not saying I didn't like everything they talked about, but some of them were. Uh, I was on the same path with them, so mm-hmm. I'm good with that. Oh, definitely. Not that this is right or wrong, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like other people doing not the usual stuff. So that's kind of right. cool. Right. So, anyways, yeah. there's, there's another show down the tubes, as we say. <laughs> oh, you sound so happy, Ron. Yeah, I am. So, Ann, thank you so much. You've been a uh, great co-host, as usual. Well, thank you. Uh, can you call me a meatball, please? You meatball. Thank you very much. Is that good? Is that okay? That's good. That's what they want, yeah. All right. I'll try and be angrier next week. All right. Till, till next week, uh, we'll say good night and God bless everyone. Good night, everybody. From goalies to ghosties. I know every choice has consequences. Some choices, like drugs and drinking and sex, could change my life forever. It's really